Hello there. My name is Shirley Fisher, and I'm an illustrator, creative business owner, and mom of two. I've been slowly growing from a part-time creator to a full-time working artist since 2016, so I know the joy and struggle of working for yourself and how mindset can impact your growth. It's here where we dig deep through vulnerable chats about running a creative business and uprooting our limiting beliefs. My hope is that you walk away from these conversations feeling empowered with a greater sense of clarity and community. So find a cozy spot, open up your heart, and prepare to be encouraged. Welcome to the Tillage Podcast. I know you're out there, the artist who feels a little alone, stuck, and battling your inner critic and limiting beliefs all by yourself. I know because I've been there. But what would your next year look like if you had accountability for your goals, prompts and journal exercises to reflect on to uproot your limiting beliefs, and a community to support and cheer you on? I'm opening up enrollment to my community, the Tillage Village, in February, and I would love to meet you there. You can expect to have co-working sessions, workshops, journal prompts, and support and accountability for the big dreams and goals that you have. If you're at all interested in the Tillage Village, join the waitlist today. You can find the link in the footer of this episode or on the tillagepodcast.com slash the Tillage Village. I so hope to meet you in the coming year. Welcome back to the Tillage Podcast. I wanted to mention that this episode is from the archives, and I needed to hear it again, and I thought maybe you might too. The content in this episode is worth hearing again, and I hope that you enjoy it. I hope it fills your cup as much as it did mine, as the episode reminded me to have so much grace and love for myself this holiday season, and I hope that you can have that reminder too. Enjoy. Well, hi, Cammie. Thank you so much for coming on the Tillage Podcast. Just to give everyone a background a little bit, I reached out to Cammie because I came across this post on Instagram and I kept seeing it reposted over and over again. And I thought, this is such a great topic that Cammie wrote in her post. Why don't I make a podcast episode about it? And then I had this moment of thinking why don't I just reach out to Cami myself and have her be interviewed on the podcast? So that's a little background. Cami will introduce herself here in a second, but I do want to start off with just describing and reading off the post that you posted, Cami, which will set the stage for this conversation we're going to have. So this is the post that Cami wrote, and it's a beautiful, beautiful love letter to creatives and artists. And we'll talk more about Cammie's medium and art, but this is what it says. So she writes, small business owners and artists, it's okay if you don't have a lot of fresh new items to sell for the holidays. It's okay if your resources, capacity, or mental health is lower than previous years. Maybe you feel like you're behind. You're not. Maybe you feel like you aren't good enough anymore. Not true. The urgency and hustle this time of year demands is rarely doable for the makers, the one person doing it all shops, the artist whose work takes time and cannot be produced. Thank you for showing up with your creative offerings however you can. The world around you is better for it. So obviously, (laughs) that spoke to so many people. And without further ado, Cami, would you please give us a background of your art journey, your business, what medium you work in, and 
yeah, like what revenue streams you're in. And we'll get more into that post in a little bit. Yeah, that sounds great. First, thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here. So I mostly live in the digital art space. I create hand-lettered, writing-centered, sometimes illustrated graphics. I mostly, you know, make my income from doing design work for other people. So I'm just an artist for hire. And then I do also have like a small print shop that I just run, you know, out of my house. (laughs) You know, just like a small stationery shop, cards, prints, that sort of thing. Yeah. And you sell those from your website specifically most of the time? I do. Yeah. Um, I'm in a few like local stores here. But I just, I, I've kept it really scaled back this year. I think like most people, you know, my capacity just seems to be getting smaller and smaller every month. And yeah, so I've kept it pretty simple. And we'll jump into that right now, I guess. So <laughs> that post that I read and before we got started, I want to hear just from your own experience, did this post come from like a personal place? What was your your reasoning for posting this on Instagram this year? Oh yeah. A thousand percent. I mean, pretty much anything that you find on my Instagram is something that I was like pep talking myself up first and then decided, I don't know, maybe other people might need this too. So that's pretty much the journey. It always starts with me needing some sort of, you know, support. Words are just the way that I always heal and process and then share. But yeah, this specific post it was interesting. I was I was starting to notice people, you know, other artists or makers that I follow, starting to sort of roll out, you know, their holiday lines, their their you know special products that they made just for this year, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even mentally been able to get there. You yeah. know, like not only have I not designed anything, not prepped ahead of time, not sourced anywhere to get this done. I just haven't even landed in holiday zone yet, you know? And I was feeling a lot of guilt. I was feeling a lot of shame. I was feeling a lot of, you know, missed opportunity. This is, you know, sort of time of the year where most small creative businesses kind of need that investment from other people. And I was feeling like, oh my gosh, have I, you know, made a mistake by not doing this and missing out, you know, look at everybody doing it better than me. Look at everybody planning ahead of time. Meanwhile, I'm scrambling now, (laughs) you know, and then also I was personally comparing myself to myself last year where I did like a fully branded pep talk line of like nine brand new, never seen before products from me. And, you know, honestly, that was way too much. (laughs) And then I, I realized, oh, wow, I went from like nine products to like zero products. And it's just easy in those moments to just really start like beating yourself up on, you know, why didn't I do more? Why didn't I think of this ahead of time? Why didn't I blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So ultimately. I really needed a pep talk and I just wrote one to myself, but also, uh, you know, from the angle of saying it to other people, because just what I know after so many years of doing this is just the messages are never, ever just for you. There is always someone out there who will resonate and um, gain something from sharing 
especially from like a more vulnerable personal place. Yeah. So whenever I sat down to write it, I wrote it as if I was writing a love letter to other small businesses and artists and makers and creatives first, because I love them and I am one. And I genuinely do believe that small businesses make the world a more beautiful place and we need them. Oh my goodness. There's so much there. I mean, I think so much of us have felt that hustle. You know, Q4 is this thing that is just pounded inside your brain as a business owner of like all of this expectation of this is where everyone's, you know, big quarter is. You better get it together because this is expected of you. I mean, I feel that. And I think like you were stating like this feeling that you can easily fall into of this comparison trap of looking online. I've stated this on the podcast before, but not everybody is starting from the same, you know, starting line. You know, everyone has different resources to put into their new products. And so it just becomes this trap. I think that's why so many people resonated with what you posted, because I think we're all feeling these things. So when you posted this, I mean, you already have a very large following on Instagram, but what was the response that you were getting? I saw it bounce around a lot on the accounts I follow. So it was getting shared a lot and reposted a lot. But were you getting like DMs of people, you know, sharing how they felt when they read your post? Like, what was that experience like? I I genuinely wasn't expecting such a response. I, I think like, just honestly, I, I thought, you know, hey, this is for me. I'm sure some other people are feeling this way, but first... I feel like I'm very lucky to have so many like artists and small business and creative friends and we like follow each other. And so I was seeing them share my posts and that, you know, to me was like very special because these are people that I, you know, know and am in relationships with. And then, yeah, it just sort of like, as the internet does, it just sort of like (laughs) spider webs out. And I think the thing for me that was most special was I can see when people tag me you know, or, or share something of mine. And I was getting like personal messages from people saying how much, you know, they needed this and how much they related to it. And then also I was getting to see people who just shared it on their story with like their own experiences of like, why personally they didn't have a lot of capacity this year, or personally, they just truly did not have the energy to invest more in their business and they needed to take it slow. And this was the permission that they needed to Mm -hmm. feel better about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was very emotional just because, you know, I'm a real person, you know, behind this page, having these very real experiences and just seeing it resonate and seeing so many people just really attached to the message, share their own personal stories. I mean, to me, that's the beauty of the internet is that, you know, me sharing my vulnerability, you know, giving other people permission to feel okay in theirs and then them sharing theirs. It just, it's that ripple effect where you're just like, wow, this matters, you know, like just creating in general just genuinely matters so much. And yeah, but just behind the heart of the message is just like, please don't stop doing whatever you can. It matters so much. And it was just nice for that to also be reinstated in me from sharing this. And I think that's what your post did. It, it gave people permission. I have had a couple of friends who had posted it and we had our own direct messages going back and forth of like why it resonated with us. 
you know, people who have been caring for, you know, a sick relative this entire year and who feel maybe behind, you know, my family got COVID at the beginning of November and we were barely making it by just surviving with kids at home. Like everyone has a reason as to why their capacity feels a little like full. And I think it just offered this hand of like, you know, you don't have to be this hard on yourself and to approach this holiday season with like kindness and grace for ourselves. And I love that you talk about how powerful the internet is and using our voices and vulnerability begets vulnerability and how you being brave and stating how you were feeling just ripple affected and was able to be amplified through so many other accounts, which is really cool. So I'd love to ask you about this part of your phrase that you wrote was many artists may be feeling behind and that the phrase you wrote was like, maybe you feel like you aren't good enough. Like, where do you think these beliefs are even starting from for artists? Like, why are we feeling like we're behind? Why do we always feel like we're not good enough? Like, obviously that's a really deep question, but I'm just curious, like for you personally or what you're seeing in your own artist communities, like, why are we feeling these things? Like, what is, where is this coming from? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, I think it is like a very layered, like multi-dimensional thing that just sort of compounds on itself and weighs on us. But I think there's, you know, there's a few parts to it. I think, you know, one, obviously just the facade of social media, not even that I think people are sharing things that are, you know, dishonest. I think that our perception whenever we were looking at other people versus ourselves is we're believing the best in them and the worst in us. Because I can look at other people, other small businesses or artists, especially in the same, you know, genre or like niche as me. And I will always assume that their follower count equals millions of orders, equals tons of money, tons of success. And the reality is that they're in the same place as me. But I'm looking at myself through this lens of failure, you know, of less than, and I'm always propping other people up. So I think that's definitely one facet of it. And then I think too, just, we do consume so much and we often, I feel like are stacking ourselves up to like large corporations or people who are able to outsource so many of the things that they're doing. And it's like, you know, us one person business. And that's impossible. You know, it, we're we're basically creating these standards that we literally could never meet. And then you throw in, you know, a little sprinkle of, you know, you're always a little bit insecure whenever you're creating things. You know, there's always that bit of imposter syndrome that I think we all have to wrestle with and we all have to like figure out how to compartmentalize and, you know, sort of hush whenever we can. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's multifaceted and I think it's really difficult to not believe this narrative that we are somehow behind or just not doing as well as insert whoever or whatever giant corporation here, whenever that's, there's just no way. It's impossible standards. (laughs) Yeah. And just the, the perspective, like you were mentioning about the lens of like, 
making myself feel like the worst person ever and then lifting everybody else up to this higher pedestal. It's so true. And then when you're battling all those things, that doesn't really allow yourself to create good work either. I feel like anytime I'm feeling imposter syndrome or comparison, the last thing I want to do is pick up my pencil and start drawing (laughs) because I'm already feeling so bad. So like for you, how do you personally mindfully like rewire these thoughts? Or is there any advice you have for someone out there listening right now? Like, I feel this all the time. Like, what can I do Mm -hmm. to make sure that I don't put myself in this place where I'm feeling these things all the time? I do feel like something that has been really powerful and important for me is, you know, making friends who are doing similar things as me and being honest with them about where I'm at, you know, how many orders I did or didn't get, how much money I might have lost on this product that I tried out. And like almost always it is met with something that is just mirroring my experience. I think that it's so easy to believe we are the only ones feeling this way. But I think not, I think, I mean, I know whenever you get, you know, in relationship with people who have, you know, similar experiences as you, that is always a huge perspective shift because it's the, it's the belief that you're alone in this and you're the only one experiencing this that I think perpetuates that cycle and really gets you stuck. And I'm always able to move out of those like tricky thoughts a little bit faster whenever I'm just honest with someone who can then say, oh my gosh, I've totally been there. I was just there last month. Yeah, I'm really struggling right now. No one's emailing me back for work. And I'm like, oh my gosh, totally right. It's not just me. Everyone doesn't hate me. It's just all these other exterior circumstances that are making this difficult for all of us. Yeah. So about finding community. So if someone's sitting listening, they're like, okay, well, how do I even find those people? Where have you Mm -hmm. found your kind of your hub of artists, friends that you feel like you can go back to, to have these conversations with? I am lucky to have some people who live in the same city as me. There are other like makers and small business owners And also, you know, I've just been lucky enough through having a little bit of a platform to be able to connect with artists that I just really admire. Never underestimate the power of an internet friend. Like I know, right? (laughs) My internet friends are my rock sometimes. Like, honestly, I've never met them. I don't know if we ever will meet, but we have had some like really important dialogue that has done something for both of us. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of like cheesy, but put yourself out there. Like if you're, if you're a maker who has goods, like I really recommend trying to get into markets. Those are a really, really easy way to just like write on site, meet other people, see their products, talk in person, make a friend. And then as far as the internet goes, I mean, I've just followed people whose work I admired and decided to message them one day, you know, or something. And who knows what could happen? Anything is possible with the internet. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) We'll be back after this short break. If you are a creative business owner and don't have a newsletter, I encourage you to start one today. Having a newsletter is one of the best ways to get in front of your ideal customer and to build trust with them. There are many newsletter platforms out there, but I found many to be clunky and as a designer, honestly, not that aesthetically pleasing. However, when I found Flowdesk, I finally felt like I could create beautiful newsletters with ease. 
Flowdesk is such an intuitive experience and they have beautiful templates to offer a visual experience for your reader. Flowdesk has saved me so much time and it makes writing newsletters fun. Head on over to the tillagepodcast.com to get a coupon code for 50% off your first year of Flowdesk. And you can also find that link right here in the description below. So why wait? Give Flowdesk a try, get your feet wet and start building a newsletter and building trust with your ideal customer today. Now back to the show. I have lots of internet friends that I've never met and we've even taken our relationship to the next level to Voxer, if you're familiar with Voxer. (laughs) So I, and it's honestly, those are the friendships and the community that have really carried me as an artist because they really get it and they get the lingo and they get the shop talk Mm -hmm. and they understand what you're talking about when you're talking about margins and you know, wholesale lingo and all of that. So thanks for sharing like how you've personally found community. I think that will be helpful for people. In your phrase that you wrote on Instagram, you refer to the one person doing it all shop. And then you also just talked about like us comparing ourselves to like potentially corporations. So are you personally a one person doing it all situation on your shop? Or do you have like a I team? Am. You are. Okay. So this no. definitely came from a very personal <laughs> It is experience. just me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, maybe down the road, it's my dream to have, you know, a couple people working with me. But I mean, for right now, absolutely not. There's, this is not scalable at the moment. This is me needing every penny to, you know, get through and get myself stable. So with that being said, what do you wish buyers or like the audience that you have on Instagram who potentially are buying your work, what do you wish they realized about like the maker and artist behind the scenes? Because I think there's, Mm. like you were saying, it's easy to present ourselves. Like for me personally, I have a brand called Quiet Lines Design and I actually portray my brand like it's a brand, but it's really just me. (laughs) So I probably need to do a better job about being that person behind the scenes and showing up more for myself. But Mm -hmm. what do you wish people knew like about the artist and maker behind the scenes? Oh man. I like, I know that this is a conversation that happens online, but I really wish people could understand how many hats you wear whenever you are doing a goods or service-based business and it is just you. Um, Can you list a few of those (laughs) like that you wear? Just, I mean, we could probably list like 15 or 20 easily. Oh yeah. Well, it's one, you have a social media to run. You have a a presence that you need to maintain. Um, You have a website that you need to be able to have, which I don't know about you, but I'm not someone who's great at building websites. You need to be able to have product photography, which again, is something I am not good at at all. There's admin involved, there's sourcing involved, there's orders to fulfill. That is literally just what I can ramble off at the moment. But I mean, you're you're a marketing team, you're an admin team, you're a sales team, you're the face of a brand, you're you know needing to create this personal connection with people online so that they feel comfortable with you and they trust you. And then also you need to make like appealing, hopefully affordable products that people will want to buy and have in their home and share with their friends and family. And 
<laughs> that is like, I'm tired just listing it. Oh off. yeah. Just being like, oh yeah, I have emails that I have not responded to in a month. I have orders that are unfulfilled right now. Half of my website photos honestly look terrible because I'm not good at taking <laughs> photos. Like that's the thing that I want people to realize is just like, we are required to do it all, but so many of us cannot outsource in the way that we would want to. Like I, my shop to me, unfortunately does not feel like a reflection of the work that I've done, the products that I've created, because I have to make stuff for other people to be able to afford to have a little shop. Yeah. Like, I think that's what's what people maybe don't understand is like, you know, there are definitely areas that maybe don't look or have as much investment in them, maybe as like other brands do or something. But that doesn't mean that it's not like we don't care about that or it's not worth investing. And it's just like our energy is unfortunately very split. And more than likely, we're having to put it in another area, which always means one is going to be lower than one is going to have like less. I don't know, something is just going to lack so that something else can thrive, right? Like for me, I have to invest more in my client work than I can in my online shop. And that's just the rub for me right now. You know, I don't really have a lot of a budget to pay product photographers or find a product photographer who even could do the thing that I would want them to do. So it's just, you know, me and my iPhone trying to make it work. Yeah. When I think that we are juggling so many different things and we're stretched so thin, we're going to drop one of the balls. And for me, that honestly is my newsletter every time. And then in turn, I feel like, oh no, if I'm not doing a newsletter and I'm not on that, well, there goes sales. And so it's Mm -hmm. this repetitive cycle of then feeling that shame and that guilt and that feeling of like, I should have it together. I should be able to send out a newsletter like once a month to my retail list. Like that should be something that I should be a priority. But when Mm -hmm. you look at all the things that we're doing, and it's no wonder that, you know, those balls do get dropped. So I, I love that you stated all of those because I wish more people knew how many hats we were all wearing Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Well, and that's also not including anything going on in your personal life outside of work. Like there are so many things that we just don't know about each other's lives that are demanding so much energy from us. And yet we still need to try to invest in our businesses so that we can survive financially in this world that we live in. And it is such a difficult balance. Like it's... It feels impossible to ever be able to be ticking all the boxes at once. I don't think there's ever been a time in the, you know, almost nine years that I've been doing this, that everything has been done well. That's just the reality. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and we're the ones who also probably have just such high expectations of ourselves. I think many of us artists are perfectionists. So it's going to drive us crazy that our product photography isn't the best or We can't get that, oh my goodness, website stuff. You can't get that like font to be exactly where you want it. And it just drives you insane. But like, 
we're the ones that are setting that standard for ourselves at the end of the day. And I think that's also a good reminder because I don't think that the end consumer, like we're saying, knows how many hats we're juggling and they probably don't notice all the areas that we think are our weak links in our in our businesses. So that's a good reminder. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> So as we're kind of moving through all these topics and we're talking about our mental health and all of the things that we're carrying, all the hats that we're wearing, what do you think that artists can do, especially this time of year, to protect ourselves and create boundaries? And what are you personally doing, I guess, as well? I do think there there's so much tension with that topic. Because as you mentioned earlier, the end of the year is this like crucial time for so many, you know, small businesses and artists to generate income. And I just want to be mindful of that because I think, you know, it's, it's so easy to say like, you don't have to do it this year, but I understand so many people (laughs) truly rely on it. Yeah. You literally do have to do it. (laughs) And you know, that, that is, that is, uh, you know, the reality for most people is that in a perfect world, we would be able to look very honestly at what we were capable of in the moment and not ask anything else of ourselves. Right. But that is not the world that we live in. We are going to have to go beyond what our capacity is at the moment just because, you know, we have bills to pay. We have things that we need, you know, to... We just have things that we're responsible for. And unfortunately, we don't get to rest in the ways that we need to. And with that being said, I think what I would want to encourage, you know, the people who are having to hustle this time of year, even though maybe they don't want, they wouldn't want to ideally is, you know, don't underestimate the power of self-care. Don't underestimate leaning on your community. I think it's so easy for us to isolate in these times. And there's so much support to be found in the people around you. Like, Maybe you have a lot more on your plate than you would hope. I guarantee you that there's a couple people in your life who would be willing to step up and help you for free. Like if you're just honest about your circumstances, I have been so lucky to have people who would come help me pack orders or prep for things and I could buy them a coffee and that's about it. You know, like don't, don't let yourself isolate and believe that you have to carry all of this on your own because even though you're a one person doing it all shop, there has to be people around you who would invest their time and their hands into what you're doing because they love you and they believe in you. And that is a twofold thing because not only does that meet some needs that you have, then that also just heals, you know, a lot of the beliefs that we have inside of us and that's a beautiful thing. And that's a gift that I think we don't consider because we are so used to doing it all on our own. We do have this belief system that it is fully all on me to get all of this done. But I think that if we just let ourselves be needy, if we let ourselves have needs, I think people would genuinely want to show up for us. And we don't have to do it all, even if it is our one person business. I think we just have to think creatively. (laughs) That could be an entire podcast episode because (laughs) 
I have such a hard time asking for help and I have such a hard time putting myself in a position of being needy because I don't know. I think as women too, I think we just kind of carry a lot and just don't really ask for help very much, especially, you know, I know a lot of people who are listeners of the podcast are moms too. So they're moms, they're running their small businesses. They're also an artist. They're also running their homes. And I think there's just this weight that we carry of all the things we're juggling. And I can really count on one, like on one hand, how many times I've asked for help to help package orders in my business. And I'm kind of ashamed of that, but it's so hard to ask for help. It is. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so much easier said than done. I just want to say that. Like, I'm not saying this because I'm amazing at it. I'm saying (laughs) this because I absolutely need to be doing this for myself way more than I do. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that really just even this conversation, it hopefully is giving people permission to say, okay, I feel overwhelmed. Like I have a exit strategy at some level for the overwhelm that I'm feeling or to minimize it a little bit to just ask for help. Because like you Mm -hmm. said, it is something that we have to do this time of year to, for a lot of businesses, this is what brings them into Mm -hmm. the new year to be able to sustain what they've made and to pay themselves, but also to build things into the future. So, you know, we're not saying oh, just take a, take a seat if you want to. I mean, like we've mentioned, like this goes without saying, but we all realize we need this, but how do we just protect ourselves? So for you then, you know, as you're approaching the holidays and this holiday season, what are you doing for like your own products and selling this year? Not very much. (laughs) You know, this year... uh, has been especially interesting. It's my first full year not having this alongside another job. I've had a lot of uh, mistakes. Well, they're just learning opportunities, you know? Um, And like I said, you know, I feel like the end of this year just sort of came out of nowhere. And I suddenly was like, oh my gosh, I really don't have a plan for holiday. And yeah, I had to have like a pretty honest conversation with myself about what I legitimately could put together in the small amount of time that I have and do well, because, you know, there was this temptation to try and figure out like a handful of really exciting things and just like hurry up and order them and get them out. But I knew that like integrity wise, I was not going to be able to design and create in the way that I wanted to, because creating out of, you know, panic, essentially creating out of anxiety or this feeling that you're not doing enough, you know, never creates anything cute. <laughs> we <We've laughs> doesn't, doesn't necessarily create work you're proud of. Yeah, yeah exactly. we've definitely talked this. about this on the podcast <laughs> yeah. before. It's not inspiring, you know? And, you know, sometimes things are inspiration led and sometimes things are business led, but I think it's finding that happy medium. And for me, I just realized, you know, I really loved making a calendar last year. I, I have time to make a calendar this year. I have some product that I already have and, you know, maybe people will want to buy that, but I don't have a lot of new and that has to be okay because that's just real. 
that's just real life. I do not have a lot of new, exciting products that you've never seen before. I don't have a lot of money to invest in them, to risk on that. And I also don't have enough time to create them well. I think you make a really good point of using what you have. Like there's not this requirement that every holiday season you have something new. As much as we would like that, that's not a requirement. I mean, that's something that you're putting on yourself. And obviously marketing would say, yeah, that's a good idea. But I think there's something to be said of using what you have and being a little bit scrappy and making it work. And knowing that you're doing the best that you can, like you really are showing up for yourself and your business, but you're using your resources the way that you can this year. So as we're talking about like being scrappy using what we have, and we've talked about our audiences and buyers and that they might not all understand that we're wearing all the hats, kind of to wrap this all up, how can we do a better job of educating our audiences for the time that we spend and the effort that it takes to run these businesses without obviously being like spiteful in it. Sure. (laughs) Hey guys, can you understand this is where I'm coming from? Like, how can we do a better job of educating? I've seen some different brands do things really well in this area that I felt really inspired by where sometimes they'll show like the breakdown of the cost of items, the cost of shipping, the cost of packaging, and then kind of give you, you know, the, what they come up with and even how much they're profiting from their products, which to me, honestly, is like very brave. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that is. Because pricing and shipping are just always the things that I feel like people are really like combative about. And I think educating people about shipping alone is huge. Like, People genuinely do not understand that whenever you're allotted free shipping from another company or something, one, it's already either baked into the price of the item or there's a huge distributor like Amazon or something who is paying like pennies to ship things because they have this great deal with, you know, whoever they're using. And a small, a small makers do not. We absolutely don't. We're paying every cent of that shipping and it is expensive. I think a creative way that you could educate people without, you know, being fully in their face of educating them is just take them along the ride with you. You know, I think oftentimes we just show the end result. People don't understand a lot of what it took to get there. And I think just letting people in just sort of, you know, a peek into the behind the scenes of what it looks like to source a product, how much it costs whenever you buy shipping materials you know, how much it costs to to just ship an item. I mean, I think those things can go really far without, you know, <laughs> sitting down and writing a paper about how many hats <laughs> we wear and how expensive it is to make a product, you know? Yeah, but I think it's interesting because it does often feel like justifying yourself, justifying trying to make a living. And that's the line of like where it's probably a good idea to like step back. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, you should never feel like you have to justify making a living from your business because that is literally what everyone is trying to do. <laughs> yeah. You're not scamming people, you're just trying to make a living. But yeah, I think just showing, just show people, show people the realities of it, you know, because people genuinely just don't know. They really don't. I think that 
I'm going to say I. I think I make this so much harder than it needs to be. I overcomplicate things and I assume, I make a lot of assumptions that people should understand this, right? Like Mm -hmm. people should understand that I'm using a printer to print all my cards. I'm not hand drawing every single one of them. But some people just don't know or, you know, and we can't fault them for that. But I think it's a really good reminder of just take people along on the journey. Like it really can be that simple. And with the power, making it full circle here with the power of the Internet and like reels and the ways we can really show off our work. It's very easy today to do that, Mm -hmm. which should feel empowering, I would hope, for people. So, right. Well, Cami, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And there was just so much richness with what you shared. As we close, would you mind sharing your social media handles and your website if people would love to check out your products and anything else you want to share? Yeah, of course. So my Instagram is at Zaya Inc. That's Z-E-A-I-N-K. And my website is www.zayainc.com. Easy breezy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being here. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. Here are the key takeaways from today's episode. Our creativity and art matters. There is power in the words and the art that we share online. And when we share from a vulnerable place, it can ripple effect because vulnerability begets vulnerability. The belief that we are alone and the only person having our experience is a belief that can get us stuck. Having community and being honest with others can help bring about a perspective shift and bring truth to our circumstances. Never underestimate the power of an internet friend. We need to be mindful to have grace for ourselves for dropping balls or not having everything perfect. We often are stacking ourselves up against impossible standards, and this is just unfair and not helpful to our journey as artists. You don't have to carry everything all on your own. Ask for help and allow yourself to have needs. Creating out of panic, anxiety, or the feeling that you're not doing enough just doesn't produce anything cute or inspiring. Take your audience along with you on the journey to help them understand your process and your products. And lastly, we never need to justify making a living with our art businesses. Thanks again for listening to the Tillage Podcast. It brings me so much joy knowing that you spent your very precious time with me here today. If you want more, head on over to thetillagepodcast.com for today's show notes. And I'll be back next week with another episode.